You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast, and I have Billy Price. He's the founder of BillyFootwear.com. So, uh, Billy, thanks Hello. for coming. How are you doing today? Yeah, my my pleasure. My pleasure. Doing fantastic. Yeah, I can tell listeners, um, uh, you know, Billy makes sneakers and above and beyond the designs, they have this cool zipper where you could just open up the whole sneaker and step out of it instead of having to, you know, maneuver your foot into it and make sure it fits right. And we'll get into that shortly, but Billy, what's like, why did you decide or how did you get the idea to create this footwear? Like what's some of your background? Right. Yeah. Well, my pleasure. Um, I can, I can totally go into that. So, I mean, the main sure. objective of our shoes was that whole deal of having to shove your foot into a shoe. What we tried to do is change the game. And uh, by having a zipper that goes on the outside and around the toe, the whole upper is able to fold over. So essentially you're just dropping your foot in unobstructed. It's a bit of a drop in solution. And uh, that type of solution just doesn't exist on the market. You know, there's um, having zippers in shoes. I mean, that's not, it's not an original concept, but certainly the way our shoes open up, um, that is original. And uh, it's been, it's been received very well in the marketplace. And uh, we're just really excited about it. Um, the background behind how, how we came up with this is uh, I'm in a wheelchair. So um, I broke my neck when I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. And uh, when I uh, when I broke my neck, um, a lot of things changed. You know, I mean, I was a fiercely independent person growing up, and then uh, became someone that was paralyzed from the chest down from spinal cord injury. And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't just the wheelchair part of it; it was also um, it affected my hands. So my pinching ability with the kind of dexterity of my fingers, um, I just don't have that anymore. So you know, in the marketplace, you know, there are shoes out there that would allow you to overcome laces, but still that challenge of having to shove your foot into a shoe, that challenge still existed. So seeing nothing on the market that satisfied my need, we just decided to lean into it and come up with our own solution. That's great. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I bet you a lot of people tell you, oh, that's obvious when they see it, but yet it doesn't exist. It's weird. And you wonder why that it has been made. Right. You know, it's, yeah, you hit it right on the head. I mean, people look at it because it's not, it's not a complicated design. And uh, we've had that same um, type of reception many times. Like, oh, my gosh, it's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? 
And I think a lot of people may have thought of that idea. It's just that no one moved on it. And uh, that's really where I mean, you can come up with an idea. And this goes with anything. You can come up with an idea, but actually putting your idea to work and sharing it with others and get people excited about it, that's a whole different type of ballgame. And uh, that's what we um, opted to you know, set out and build a business around. And it's just been incredible to see the, um, the reception that we've been getting. Well, anyone that's, um, you know, I've hurt my knee a few times and you realize, you know, or if someone's old, I mean, you realize it's very easy to become debilitated by the simplest things. Like, you know, I've hurt my knee a few times and just lifting my leg to get into the car was really hard or to get into the shower. Now you know why they have rolling showers. So I can see that putting on a shoe, putting on a shoe could be like impossible if you're disabled in a certain way, literally. So I can see why it's a big deal. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, the thing that's wild about it is uh, it was really important to us when we entered the marketplace. Um, we didn't set out to make our make an adaptive shoe. Uh, what we wanted to do is make a mainstream shoe. And um, the analogy that I give quite often is, you know, I remember growing up on the playground at school. And if you were wearing something different, people were always reminding you that you were wearing something different. So if it was a matter of entering into the marketplace with some sort of a, a widget, whatever, maybe in our case, shoes, uh, we had to make sure that it would be something that anybody would want to wear, not just someone that needed the functionality, um, but someone that just loves convenience. So that's what we kind of set out to do. And um, it's interesting because we've had number numbers of people reach out with that same kind of concept of like being on the playground. Now that person is wearing a shoe that's very functional for them. Instead of them wanting to wear shoes like other people, now these other people are seeing their shoes like, wait a second, I want to wear that too. So it's a complete 180 of uh, kind of the, um, I don't know, it, it's, it just kind of comes in line with that whole change in the game. So who um, uses the shoe and who doesn't? You know, what? who are your customers and are they who you thought they would be? I would think people with like, you know, arthritis, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't know. What, what are you? Uh... Right. So our customer, I mean, it, our customer target is really everybody, um, and uh, which, which is a real, real broad stroke there. Um, those that need the functionality are definitely empowered. Um, but, uh, the vast, it, coincidentally, I mean, the, uh, the, the vast majority of our customers are ones that just love the convenience. So on the convenience side, um, one that's been really, you know, excited when the demographic are, uh, the moms, <laughs> the moms for their kids. So every morning, you know, kids are trying to put their shoes on, or I should say the moms are trying to get their kids to put their shoes on. And it just turns into this daily battle. Well, now the kids are not only um, not only can they put the shoes on by themselves, but they're excited to do so. So the funny thing is the battle that was with the mom trying to get their kids to put their shoes on. Now the new battle is trying to have the kids take their shoes off because they love our shoes so much they don't want to take them off. So that's that's one example. But then on the complete flip side of that, um, you know, those that need the real functionality uh, of the shoe um, are those such as myself, like being in a wheelchair, but also there's an audience that I didn't really know existed. And those are the ones that wear foot braces. You know, they have some sort of brace on their foot and uh, it makes it very challenging to really stuff that brace and whatnot into a shoe. So, um, those that wear SMOs, AFOs, uh, you know, just those, those orthotics, um, they've been really excited about the brand because having that unobstructed entry, makes it very easy for them to put the braces in the shoe. Again, do um, people that have foot braces, they use it. What about um, elderly people or people that, 
you know, have had to go into the hospital for any yep. other segments yep. that uh, appear to be really interested in it. Right. So another demographic that uh, has responded really well, um, and they kind of responded most recently just because we uh, we launched our adult line. But those that uh, have arthritis or whatnot, or just the same sort of deal with dexterity, but also um, the actual like bending over <laughs> to actually reach your feet or being able to like lift your foot up to be able to get in arm's reach of your hands. Um, just having a zipper and uh, well, let me back up a tad. The laces are functional. So what happens is as soon as somebody gets the fit right, they would just double knot the, the laces and then it's kind of set in place. And then they just use the zippers henceforth. So anyone that has challenges with, um, with dexterity, anyone that has challenges actually reaching their feet, anyone that has challenges with, uh, um, you know, some sort of orthotic or something like that. But then also um, those that uh, don't necessarily have feeling in their feet, kind of like myself. Um, and it's important to really have a good understanding of how your foot is placed in the shoe. Well, with our design, you can just unzip the top and take a physical like look at how your how your toes are oriented inside the shoe. Make sure your socks are, you know, flat and um, unwrinkled. Um, all of those functional characteristics that you know that we can provide now with our shoes um, has been really really exciting for those that need it. What about um? I'm imagining it might be hard to reach down and zipper unzipper the shoe. I mean. I guess once your foot's in it, the weight of your leg provides leverage so that the shoe doesn't move and you can zipper it. But have you thought about tying anything to the zipper or having a device that, again, holds the shoe in place and does the zippering for you somehow? Or, you know, again, an extension on the zipper so that you you don't have to lean down and zipper the shoe or unzipper it for disabled people? Right. Well, great question. Um, so the, the way our shoes are set up right now, um, there's... Uh, the, the pull, the slider, I guess, which would be closing and opening that zipper. Um, there's a pull tab on it. It's just, uh, there's a, it's a lark's head knot with a little uh, cord pull that's about an inch long, depending on the size of the shoe. I mean, toddler size is a little bit smaller, like adult size is a little bit bigger. But uh, that, that pull allows you the ability to like, kind of grab onto it. But then someone like myself that needs like more like a loop, something larger, what I would do is I would just untie that and put on a bigger loop. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to be able to create something that uh, allowed the end user to kind of customize it to how, how they best need to fit their needs. So um, to your point, what you're talking about, uh, as soon as somebody steps their foot into the shoe, the weight of their foot is really holding the shoe in place. So it makes it very easy when you pull on that slider for, uh, for the upper and the lower part of the shoe to come together. You know, it might be really helpful is if you encourage users to send in pictures or videos on how they use the shoe and how they put it on, because I bet you you'll find a whole bunch of ways to put it on or certain assists that you then can design in that you haven't thought of. You know, that's a fantastic idea. I mean, that's a fantastic idea. We we have been fortunate for people to just voluntarily share um, their success stories um, on Facebook and on Instagram, but it's been kind of a passive play on our end, I say. Um, we're like our arms are totally open for them to um, welcome their stories and whatnot, but we haven't really been pushing it. But to be able to create like some sort of a community platform where really people can share of how they use their shoes for one, but also how they put their shoes on and take them off, I think that'd be really powerful. Yeah, because it could even um, group itself under different disabilities. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, someone that's elderly 
and maybe has arthritis in their hands may be very different from someone that's younger and I don't know, they have some other kind of issue. You know, they have uh, neuropathy, but they, their hands are fine or something, but it's just their feet yep. is the problem. So it may help people use the product more efficiently than they normally would. Maybe they, I mean, it's possible some people may get it and still be frustrated. So why not take that away by the community that can segment itself that way? You know? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I love it. I love that idea. So what was the, um, what was the design process like? Like, how did you, was this a sudden idea? Oh, I'll put zippers in the shoes or like, what are some of the iterations in the design you went through and things that surprised you or like stumbling blocks? Right. Well, uh, I, man, I love, and I'm so happy you asked that. Uh, so the way, the way our kind of our company came into existence, um, I am one of two co-founders. My other co-founder is, his name is Darren Donaldson. And, uh, Darren and I, we grew up together, um, rode the bus together in elementary school. We lived about a quarter mile from each other. And, you know, through the years, we kind of lost contact with each other. And uh, in 2012, he happened to invite me over to his house for, for a Christmas party. And uh, when, we were, when we were catching up, he happened to mention that he was working on a shoe project of his own. Now, how he got in the shoe business, I mean, he just kind of had a wild hair going like, you know what, I think I'm going to try to make a shoe. And uh, just challenged himself. Um, and he did. <laughs> He did. He started making these uh, kind of boots made out of sweatshirt material, um, and it was it was spectacular. And while he was telling me what he'd been working on, that's when the idea that was kind of deep inside of me, um, something that I had completely written off just because I didn't have any contacts or networks whatsoever to actually create this idea, um, it bubbled to the surface. And Darren was telling me his shoe project, and I said, well, you know what? I got a shoe idea. And it was just as simple as saying, you know what, I, since being in a chair, I have not been able to put my shoes on by myself. And I bet if I put a zipper in a shoe that goes on the outside around the toe with the whole upper folds over, I'll bet that I could be able to, you know, drop my foot in unobstructed and grab that zipper and then zip it right up. I bet that'll work. So uh, he said, sure, let's give it a shot because he already had the contacts in place to be able to develop a prototype. And that's what we did. We made a prototype. And when I put that on, when I put that shoe on, that was the first time I was able to put my shoes on in literally half a lifetime because I broke my neck at 18. I put my shoes on again by myself when I was 36. And that one little successful moment in time all of a sudden turned into a much, much bigger project. And that was to pretty much try to tear the wall down between adaptive and non-adaptive, bring something into the marketplace that could work for me, but also have a mass market appeal, more like a universal design. That anybody, that everybody could embrace. Well, I don't, I don't want to belabor it, but what did that feel like emotionally when you put the shoe on that first time? Were you like just excited beyond belief, or <laughs> what, what did you feel like? Uh, well, honestly, when I put that shoe on for the first time, I was like, "Why on earth didn't I do this years ago?" Um, it was just kind of like shock. I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like our idea and our prototype that we sent in, we just sent in this like rendering picture, and the manufacturer nailed it. And they utilized like an existing lath and existing outsole and kind of, you know, looked at our picture and put in the zipper. And then all of a sudden it was just strictly like just mass elation. And uh, just like I was completely elated to be able to just know that one, um, our idea had now come to life. You could put like your hands around this widget, this creation that you made, but also um, to regain that independence. It was just a speechless moment, you know, and uh, it, uh, and it was enough. I mean, I would say the passion and the emotion in that moment was so great 
to really kick us in the butt to do something much, much bigger. Because as I say, you know, zippers in a shoe isn't really original, but the way we're doing it is. And I'm sure a lot of people may have spitball like this kind of idea, but nobody moved on it. And that's really where the grind is and where you really need to have the passion and the tenacity and the determination to build a brand. So the the emotion in that moment of being able to put my shoes on again by myself was enough to kick that in the high in the high gear, and um, you know turn create a company and build it up to what it is today. And I hope you guys filed a bunch of patents on this design, right? <laughs> you know, we went through the patent process, and uh, as I say, you know, um, you know, a lot of people kind of thought of ideas and whatnot. So um, there's previous artwork out there. And uh, that uh, it's nothing like what we're doing. I mean, having zippers in a shoe. So, but to, to your point, having patents and stuff, we're in the patent approval process. We're patent pending. Oh, good. Yeah, um, this next part, I'm just going to make the caveat for my editor. We, we may want to edit it out. Um, I'm going to give you an idea, and that's why. Um, so because of the, uh, the nature of the shoe, what appeals to me is you can now access parts of the foot and put like medicated patches and spots that would otherwise probably be impossible. Like on the top of the foot, the sides, the bottom, whatever, you know, like a traditional shoe, let's say I put a, um, a patch or a bandaid or whatever on a part of my foot, as it goes into the shoe, that'll probably be ripped off or pulled off. But with your shoe, you could avoid that and you could have targeted medical therapy that could be integrated into the shoe because of the design. So I don't know if you thought about that, but maybe that's an idea for you. you know? Yeah. Well, boy, I love that idea. Um, we, you know, we hadn't explored, we haven't explored like that specific idea. However, we have been approached by um, various universities and think tanks um, because they want to be able to do evaluations of gait pattern of people, of how people walk. And in order to really do that, you know, there's a bunch of different sensors that need to be placed, one outside of a shoe, like on the surfaces that they're walking on. But on the other on the other hand, it's like actual sensors inside the shoe. And uh, it's just really challenging to place those sensors in a shoe when you don't have full access to the inside. So being able to open it up completely and see every surface on the inside, um, these think tanks and whatnot have been really excited to be able to you know, utilize our shoes as a receptacle so they can move forward with their, with our tests. But it's very much in line, kind of well, what you're talking about, being yeah. able to kind of customize it to. Um, well, to if you did a slight, a slight. If you divided up the foot into zones, top, bottom, front, sides, and then you did a slight modification, like let's say one zone will be the top of the foot, not including the toes and and all that. Um, you could modify the design of the top part that overlays on there maybe make a little pocket so that if someone does put a bandage there, it has a space to be put, you know, or a pad or whatever. You could do maybe little carve outs for each individual toe if you wanted. Um, you could put mm. an interior like liner in there that maybe keeps the toes separated by little risers, you know, um, and you could divide right. up the foot again into zones and then you could market it that way. And then medical companies that want to do specific applications and target specific parts of the foot your shoe would be ready for them to do that. And they would have the structure to allow them to do that and keep it separate and have it more, be more effective. Yeah. And plus it'd be like completely customizable. Right. Right. You know, yeah. let's say like, um, you know, also my foot for some reason, I have like a problem with toe spacing. So your shoe could, you know, again, with little risers between the toes, I'm, I, you know, this is just audio. It's hard to show visual, but 
you can yeah. have a shoe that keeps my toes uh, spaced a little bit differently than normal or better spaced or again like maybe for some reason um the morphology of my foot like puts pressure on the top or some other part i mean you could again have certain custom presets of the shoe you know people that get swelling anyway there's a lot of things you could do i'm just riffing this is my idea right. for you no right well i love i love every yeah i love every word of that i mean i mean i think about right now the way our shoes are uh the inserts are removable so we already have um customers that take those inserts out for a number of reasons but also some of them they put in an insert that has more like lift to meet like arch support needs so like what you're talking about is amazing because you could essentially create those um, avenues on the other surfaces of the inside of the shoe that they could build out or remove to, I don't know, meet like whatever the need of the customer is. I, I know we have a lot of customers that reach out that have um, uh, on the functional side challenges with edema. So their feet really swell and it may start as one size in the morning. And then by the end of the day, it's a significantly larger size. And um, there's a number of different ways to meet that challenge. And uh, being able to have some customizable feel on the inside is another way to do that. Hmm. Yeah, good idea. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. It's, it's cool. I'm just, like I said, imagining stuff. And I've had, you know, I have a very wide foot. So I have like, you know, I have a flat foot too. So I have certain issues and other people have very high <laughs> arches. And that's just normal people. But yeah. anyway, there's all right. this stuff that goes well, one on. Thing I, yeah, one thing I love is, you know, everyone you know everyone has feet but everyone's foot's different <laughs> so you need yeah. to you know there's there's obviously like kind of a standard template you can come out with but then uh, there's a lot of like individual requirements to really truly get that perfect fit so mm. well very good well where where can people get the shoes i mean i know they're on your website really footwear but yep. are they on amazon or like where, where else can you get them shoe stores yeah yeah, great. I love that question. So we have our parent um, e-commerce site, which is billyfootwear.com. Um, on that site, there's a, a tab that says retail partners, which lists all of our retail partners, um, which are the big, some of the big ones um, is Zappos. Zappos is incredibly supportive. Um, also Nordstrom or in Kids Foot Locker. And uh, Amazon actually owns Zappos. So we're also on the Amazon platform as well, even though we're not working directly with Amazon. So that's kind of a, a double bonus working with Zappos. Um, there's a number of other uh, independent stores all around the, the U.S. that are on there, and we're expanding into more retail partners all the time. Um, some other big major retail partners that we just signed on with, uh, one is Finish Line Macy's. Those will be um, available in those stores in the next probably month or two. And then also uh, Shields. Shields is a, a retailer you know, kind of in the Midwest, um, as well as Von Maurer. And then another one is Journeys. So lots of different places to go and get it. I mean, fortunately, like every single major retailer and whatnot, they don't have our shoes in all of the stores, but we definitely have placed in a couple of the big ones. So as we continue to grow, we'll uh, keep filling those shelves. Yeah, and the, the cost, frankly, is like really low. A lot of them are like, I saw on the website, it looks like $50, $55. Like, I would think these shoes would be, you know, 100 bucks and up, like a lot of the other right. shoes out there. But your, your prices are like, uh, in my opinion, low. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, you can go wrong with these things. Yeah, well, I, well, I really appreciate that. Um, so there, there's a method to that madness. Um, one is, um, as I said, being competitive in the mainstream market, you got to be competitive with the big boys, which would be Vans and Converse and and Nike. So the price point that we meet in the main in the mainstream is akin to those guys. 
Um, but to your point, talking about like the over a hundred dollars and whatnot, you start getting into the medical side of it. It's uh, it, it really is incredible how um, the price point can go way up. One because it has that medical stamp, but also um, the you're not necessarily meeting the minimums when it comes to the manufacturing side. So because the minimums are lower, the price per unit goes up, and uh, then uh, it's more of a niche type deal. So everything kind of compounds, and it makes it that much more challenging for the end user to purchase. Well, very good. Well, Bill, is a great story, great product. I really think it's cool, and uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Love the opportunity, and thank you. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.